Hello and welcome to Bridging Chicago. I'm Joseph Amari, your host. On this episode, we welcome Carlos Martinez and Jacques Stefanik of Serving People with a Mission, an organization dedicated to giving people the tools to become servant leaders by learning from various experts. Jacques, Carlos, welcome to Bridging Chicago. Thank you for having us. Thank you so yeah, much. We're excited. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So we always start by asking people their Chicago story. So I'd love to hear you share a little bit about if you're from Chicago, when you came to Chicago, or a little bit more about your background. Carlos, why don't we start with you? Sure. So where do I start? I was born <laughs> I was born in Chicago. <laughs> I grew up in Mexico um, to a Mexican mom and a Peruvian dad. Uh, but I'm, I've been... I was in Mexico until I was maybe, what, 13 years old. Um, and then I came back to the United States back in 2012. Uh, I lived in Texas for a year. And then after that, I came to Chicago. I didn't really know English at, at first. So it was kind of just a pretty, you know, huge learning curve for me to get used to the culture and just leaving my friends behind. I was a little older already. So I was in my teens, my teenage year so it's a little bit you know messy mm -hmm. but overall um it's been nice living in chicago i live in a little village which is i guess on the west side southwest i don't know people mm -hmm. have their own opinions about that uh i've been <laughs> living here for what maybe 10 years um nine years in a little village and i love it here um I graduated from high school here in Little Village back in 20, 2017, and I graduated Loyola uh, University of Chicago last year. Oh, awesome. Okay. And Jack, how about you? What is your Chicago background? So I was actually born in the far south side of Chicago, around like the West Pullman area, which is one of the neighborhoods down there. And um, you know, I was born to a black mother and a white father, so I am biracial. And uh, my last right. name is Stefanik, comes from the Czech Republic, and my first name is French, but I'm actually not French, but it's uh, kind of an interesting twist. <laughs> but um, I grew up in the South Side, but I also kind of grew up interracially. Um, many of my white family, they lived in the suburbs, and my black family lived in the South Side of Chicago. So I grew up between those two cultures, between those two socioeconomic, or socioeconomic classes. And I thought those were always really interesting. I never really noticed it that much when I was growing up. <clears throat> growing up between black and white and you know as i grew older and now i'm starting to realize that huh, it was actually pretty interesting growing up between those two different classes and those two different races of people but regardless you know i grew up um more specifically in the west town neighborhood that's where i went to school i went to rounder college prep over there i graduated from rounder in 2017. i then went to arupe college where i met carlos him and I served together in student government. And then um, I actually graduated from Loyola University of Chicago last year, and I had my bachelor's in business administration. And I'm currently working in Bronzeville. I work at another nonprofit um, based down here and helping youth get jobs and, you know, just mainly workforce development and peer mentorship. So that's a little bit of my story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what kind of stuff were you guys involved in when you first met? You said you were in student government. Yeah. So... Carlos and I, we met each other, I think we met each other in 2017, like right when we graduated from high school. We met each other in a few in the first few months um, of our college career at Arepe College. Um, I became the student senator for this business student, so I represented all of the business students at Arepe College. 
I then went on to run for student body president. I actually won the ticket. And then Carlos was actually elected the vice president. So him and I worked together in terms of, you know, representing the student body of Arupe College. So we represent an entire group of people, um, students from the school of Arupe College, which is a small feeder school of Loyola University of Chicago. So we served mm -hmm. at Arupe College for about a year. And then we later on went to transfer to the bigger university, Loyola University Chicago, where we also served another term in student government there. So we worked together in terms of just serving people and representing people for about, you know, two years um, at, at Loyola University Chicago. Uh, but then again, we started our own organization, as we know, as serving people with a mission. And then we've just been to serve through that aspect. And so your organization serving people with a mission that uh, was inseminated when you guys were together in student government? I think, yeah. Carlos, you can probably speak on it a little bit more. Yeah, actually, um, I remember there's another, so Jock and myself, we are two of the co-founders. There is a third co-founder who is now doing their own job outside of, you know, outside of SPM for now. But the three of us came together back in, what, maybe 2019? Wow. Went out, we went out for dinner. The three of us had worked on student government previously, and we became real close friends. And we were having dinner and we just said, one day we're going to do something to help people. Uh, we're going to figure it out. We don't know what we want to do. We're done with student government for now. Um, but we'll, we're going to get back together and do something. Um, fast forward, um, I don't know, March 2020, when every, everything was going down with COVID, uh, we had actually just gotten uh, sent back home from campus, from Loyola. Uh, things were just getting a little bit messy for everyone's lives uh just getting you know flipped upside down and that's when I, I clicked in my head okay i think it's time to do something it's now or never kind of kind of thing because you just don't know what's going to happen so i said to myself why not just start a nonprofit that helps people we still didn't know what we wanted to do exactly uh, i just went to jock and valeria that's the other co-founder uh and i talked to them we met for I don't know, the entire summer of 2020. And as we kept noticing how things were getting worse in terms of COVID and the riots going on due to George Floyd, we said, okay, we need to figure something out to actually get inside the communities and give back all the things that we've received. Because that's what Loyola and Aruba College did for us. They gave so many things to us in terms of leadership, in terms of professional development, and just feeling like you're part of something that we wanted to mm -hmm. go back into the communities around Chicago to give back to those communities as well. Absolutely. And so given that background, what, what is it about providing access to these resources that's so important? How does that impact the people that you're trying to provide to? I'm sorry, can you actually repeat that question? I cut off a little bit. Oh, no problem. Uh, so given your background with you know, student government representation, how does that uh, in turn give it, providing access to people with your nonprofit now, how does that uh, serve them? What, what kind of uh, access to resources do you hope to provide and how does that benefit them going yeah. forward? Yeah, so and honestly, everything goes back to the name of our organization. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about the name. Uh, we came up with serving people with a mission or SPM for short. But, you know, you read it like a sentence, you know, you're serving people with the mission and the mission, you know, what's the mission? Um, I personally like to say the mission is totally up to you. 
the mission is obviously to bring positive change to other people, give them resources, but you know, you can do that in many different aspects. So we launched our very first program. It's a high school program that is specifically designed to actually engage youth, uh, more specifically high school youth, you know, teenagers, people who are between the ages of like 14 and you know, 19 years old, right? So we mm -hmm. engaged Farragut Career Academy as our pilot program. So we started in la uh, we started last year in November. We launched our program, and the idea was to provide them with the resources they need to become what we like to you know go by as a servant leader. Somebody who's going to go into their community, identify what's the problem, and identify the solution of that. Uh, I'm sorry, identify the solution of that problem. So that's what we're mm -hmm. teaching them. It's essentially the knowledge, but also not just the knowledge. We're taking them and walking hand in hand with them in terms of going into the community as well. So yeah, we do workshops with our students. You know, we do the simple um, like resume building. We do like how to become a leader, how to tell your story, how to network, so on and so forth. The, the program is much bigger than it sounds. But um, mm -hmm. the other part of the program is volunteering. We want our students, or more specifically, our participants to volunteer in the communities that they are from, the communities that they represent and the communities where they come from. So we partnered with another um, institution known as New Life Centers. It's a community center in Little Village, not far away from Little um, from Farragut. And we had our high school students go to New Life Centers every other week, and they would actually mentor children there. So, in other words, they were kind of not stepping down to their level, uh, but they were, you know, kind of turning around and saying, "Okay, you know, I'm a teenager. I still have some way where I can give back to others, and their way of giving back to others is through mentorship." Like me, for example, I'm a 23-year-old, right? I graduated from Loyola last year. Same thing with Carlos. You know, we step down, we mentor teenagers in high school, right? You know, we tell them, hey, here's how to build a resume. Here's how to prepare for the workforce. But here's how to be a mentor. Here's how to be a service to other people, right? They process that information. And, you know, we walk with them in processing that information because we're able to step down to their level saying, hey, I was in high school five years ago, less than five years ago, actually. I used to be in your shoes. That's how we could connect with them. We take that skill and that knowledge and we say, I want you to do the exact same thing we did with you, but to somebody who's younger than you. So in other words, this is a system called trickle-down mentoring. Like, you know, we're just passing down information in an efficient way where people are just understanding it um, and just making sure that they're using the information for the greater good of the community and the greater good of the individual that they're serving. So that's really the secret sauce of our program. So don't go tell everybody that. I'm just playing. But you know, I think I think everything's <laughs> spreading across the city because it's super crucial. Um, and the fact that you know we are actually expanding our program to another high school just almost screams the fact that it's successful and that we need to continue to do this. We need people who are in our shoes to continue to mentor people who are younger than them, so on and so forth, because all everyone has a mentor. Everyone and everyone can be a mentor as well. So that's kind of our vision of our after school program mm -hmm. that we serve. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so it sounds like the one of the premises I took away from that is that it's, a, it's fostering a culture of giving back and fostering a culture of passing, passing forward the opportunities and also experience that you've had to kind of culminate into something bigger. Definitely. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think back to my time as a high school student at Farragut because, surprise, I graduated from there. I, I'm an alum from Farragut High School. And mm. I didn't feel like 
I was given that many opportunities, not because people didn't want to give them to me, but because they were not available. Uh, oftentimes, people and uh, people with the, the ability to do things, they forget about these communities that you know are known or have or have bad reps, um, like Little Village, and mm. they cannot ignore the students or they don't think that it's worth a while giving back to them. So when I got to Arupe and I met Jock and I met all the people at Arupe, they believed in me. They believed that I could actually do something for myself. They still this idea of giving back to others as well, because it was not going to just be me by myself all the time, figuring it out on my own. I had friends, I had mentors, I had professors, staff, people that were always there willing to help. And that's exactly what we want to do with the students. We want to let them know that, hey, you can do it, but we're going to help you because you need the help. Everyone does. So, Absolutely. And that support system can be, especially for someone who's in that early stage in high school, developing kind of their sense of self and their understanding of who they are, what they want to do going forward. Having someone who's a little bit older, who's able to you know, say, hey, I've been in your shoes and this is what I've seen. I'm sure that the reward of that for them is, okay, I have someone who's got my back. Have you, have you felt like the, the students you've mentored had that attitude, like, okay, I have some support system now? Definitely. I can point out one specific student. I'm not going to say their name just because of privacy, but mm. they were always so excited to see us. And they actually got to, you can actually see some of her pictures on our social media. Um, she was our speaker for the graduation that we did for the students that completed the program. She... Mm. That was, she is a sophomore. She's now a junior in high school. And she spoke in front of what, 50 plus people during the graduation. And after that, she just let us know that, hey, thank you for actually being there for us and actually caring. Because mind you, the program, we did it essentially as volunteers. Um, mm -hmm. We're still in the process of learning how to fundraise and get better at that. So we are volunteering our time to be with these students. And that's something that they recognize, that we're actually there because we want to be there with them. And we're also learning at the same time, and it's fun. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that is a testament to, you know, the passion that you have for this program and what it is, because, you know, at the onset of any great, great journey is, you know, the first step. It's relatively small. Carlos, I read that you believe that leadership is defined not by the scale of the opportunity, but by the quality of the response. What does that What does that quote mean to you? Well, thank you for the flashback. I read that a while, a couple <laughs> of years ago, and it's been there. And uh, a lot of the things that I do now and that I plan to do in the future, it, to me, it just means that it doesn't matter how small or how little you think your your willingness to help is or the things that you do. It's the fact that you're going out there and doing it because it's, it doesn't cost a thing to actually help someone. We have so many resources. There's so many, so many things that I know that someone else might be in need of. And the same thing with other people. There's something that Jock knows that someone else can benefit from. So why not use those things that we know, the things that we have to help others? Mm, absolutely. And Jock, do you do kind of follow that same line of thinking? Yeah, and you know, I, to kind of continue what Carlos's um, you know vision is about on that, you know, 
know, for example, here's a recent story. So yesterday we were recruiting at a high school to launch our next program. And, you know, we have a really short application process in terms of saying, hey, I want to understand like where you are currently as a leader. And, you know, one of the students asked me yesterday, they were like, well, I don't think I'm a leader. And you know, she was like, what do I put in this question? Because I don't know what to put. And I'm like, well, number one, you are a leader because everyone here in this planet has some sort of leadership within them. Like, you know, yourself as a leader, you know, we wouldn't be here without this podcast, without your leadership. Same thing with Carlos and myself. Like, you know, we started this organization based off leadership. So that's what we passed down to the students, like making sure that they understand that they are a leader, because I think it's a common misconception that many people and, you know, many young people out here are just saying like, oh, somebody who's a leader and I do quote, it needs to be somebody who's in high power, as in like, you know, somebody in politics, like a CEO, um, you know, like a boss, you know, somebody who's supposed to be bossing people around is what I'm getting the sense of a lot of like a, is what a lot of our youth are saying. And that's not always the case. like, yeah, you know, a CEO is a leader, you know, a boss is a leader. But then again, you know, you as a 14 year old is a as a leader in your own way, because number one, you're going to go mentor people younger than you. You're going to help other people in your own way. Right. Just because, you know, people out here are saying, you know, I'm the CEO of this gigantic company or I'm the, um, you know, I'm the manager over here. You know, those are like the basic leadership titles that we normally hear about. But, you know, I think it's something that um, a lot of our youth really just need to process that. Hey, yeah, those are leadership titles. But then again, there are many other sources of leadership that are just not, you know, your traditional, you know, what I see on the news type of leadership. Absolutely. And going back to that quote, I mean, the quality of the response, I think, to your point, a, a leader, you know, as a 14 year old can be a positive influence on their friends. Hey, guys, let's go study. Let's go, you know, join an organization. Let's get involved, get active. That leadership in itself can, you know, lead to so many positive changes. So I totally understand that point. What would you say in terms of the future? You mentioned vision. What is the vision for serving people with a mission for the upcoming year, the upcoming few years, where do you see this all going? Yeah, so we are in the process of expansion. Uh, you know, we hands down like know what we're good at. You know, serving people with a mission. Like number one, we're good at serving people. Like you know, that's a given, right? But we have our after-school program that's expanding. We're expanding to another high school this year, so stay tuned in that. Uh, but we never mentioned anything about our other service. So we have this other service known as Giving People. And it's a service that allows the community to be involved with members of the unsheltered and the homeless community. So it's essentially a donation and a resource drive. So we collect food, clothes, and hygiene products from various institutions, city colleges of Chicago, um, uh, Loyola, and just random people who want to say, hey, I have clothes, I have food, I want to donate it to your organization. We take those resources, you know, food, clothes, and hygiene kits. We itemize it. We wash them. And then we go into the, um, you know, the community where a lot of people who are homeless, you know, people would say they're homeless villages, right? So we go into homeless villages and we talk to these people who are either unsheltered or they're homeless. And we actually give them these resources. We give them, you know, food, um, clothes. Uh, we even, we, when we had money, we were able to give them, um, you know, more resources such as like venture cards and like actually like hygiene packs and kits. And, you know, this is a whole nother aspect of serving people with a mission because, you know, it really serves as a great volunteer opportunity, not only because we're able to give people, you know, resources that they need to survive in the world, because, you know, not everybody in Chicago has a roof over their head. As the moment as we speak, there are people out here who don't have a home to go to. 
Um, but, you know, that's our other part of our service. You know, we have our hand in hand leadership program and our giving people service. And they, I think the biggest takeaway about giving people is kind of having simple conversations with some of these people that you would see, you know, on the side of the highway, you would see refugees. Um, and you're like, hmm, you know, let's just sit down. Like, you know, I can give you some food and clothes, but, you know, let's have a conversation, you know, not just like, you know, here and then I'll see you around. Like, you know, you talk to these people trying to understand where they come from. I mean, a lot of these people are refugees from European, African countries, Asian countries. And you'll be so surprised to understand how they got here. And you're like, wow, you're here with your wife, your son, and you don't have a home to go to, unfortunately. And we are doing our best. You know, I wish we could do more, obviously. But, you know, the best we can do is saying, here's some clothes for the winter. I know winter's coming up. Here's some food. I know it's going to cover you for a couple of days. Um, you know, we don't give any money to them, but, um, you know, we give them like hygiene products as well. And then we give them a conversation and, you know, sometimes we see them every now and then if we go back into the field and start, you know, giving out food, uh, food and clothes to the homeless. But, you know, sometimes we don't see them anymore. Sometimes they move around. So they're pretty mobile around the city. But that is our other aspect of our, of our services. So we're expanding on that as well. Um, and I'm hoping that we can gather more volunteers to be part of the giving people service because it's a really good takeaway. Like, you know, if you want to volunteer, please volunteer with us. We traditionally do it on the weekends when we actually have time. We just do a volunteer call. Hey, who's available? We'll just meet over here, you know, meet over here in Chinatown, meet over here in the West Loop. And, you know, we'll give you a bag of resources Then we'll just divide and conquer and try to our best to communicate and, you know, give out as many resources as we can. So we're expanding that for sure. And we're expanding our hand-in-hand -hand leadership program and in terms of development of both of those services and programs, we are trying our best to fundraise more. You know, that's something that we're really getting getting into right now. Um, you know, nobody in this organization gets paid. You know, we're all full time volunteers and, you know, we understand our call. Like, you know, I, you know, I think most of us already have our own jobs. We're able to pay for our basic living expenses. Um, but the work that we do in serving people with a mission, it is a full time job. You know, we have to staff the program. We have to gather the food and clothes for the homeless. Or else nobody else is going to do it, right? So you know that's our mm -hmm. that's my vision for expansion. You know, I really hope we can get more funding for a hand in hand leadership program. Uh, we raised a lot of money last year, and all of that money went to the program. Like all of it went to our students, mm -hmm. giving people service. Um, I would tell you the number, but you know, I, I, it's a little bit. You know, we're still like you know in the beginning stages of our grassroots uh, career. So you know, but you know, it wasn't a lot. You know, I, you know, it wasn't like you know ten million dollars or a million dollar nonprofit. I'm not gonna. It's not like that for sure. We raised enough to staff our program and we raised enough to get the resources we needed for the homeless and the unsheltered. And we just, you know, we use that money to serve people with a mission. You know, that's the whole mission of our organization. Um, you know, I don't really, um, you know, I really don't care about a paycheck. I do care about getting money for the organization, but, you know, compensating myself, um, not appropriate at the moment at all. Um, you know, that's for a later time, obviously. But, you know, our call at the moment is to continue to serve people with a mission and the show must go on. You know, we're going to continue expanding our giving people service and we're going to continue serving more high school youth. Um, you know, and there are challenges that come with lack of funding. It's hard as all of us as volunteers, we have to call off for work sometimes, right? We have to create time to actually be in students, but we're doing it. So yeah, in, in, in other words, to, you know, answer your question directly we are expanding to more high schools and we are expanding our volunteer outreach for giving people service absolutely i think a lot of great points you just made but i think that that passion like 
right now at the beginning stages, it's, it's like a seed, right? And then with the appropriate water is that effort and that care, who knows what it can blossom into. But I think that dedication shines through. And then one other thing you mentioned that I think is very poignant, it's when you go into an open sheltered community and you have those conversations and that understanding and empathy, that can mean so much because I think there can be this, you know, preconceived notion that someone is there due to their own, you know, failures. But I think that's almost always not the case. You know, there's always, you know, societal imbalances yeah. that have led to people having those situations. And so going out and having those conversations, spreading awareness, spreading understanding, I think that makes such a positive impact. And then, of course, providing resources helps them to sustain and hopefully find better circumstances in the short and long term future. Yeah, and so I think both and to continue on what you were saying, like you know, like having conversations with you know many of these people, and you know, a lot of them are you know, um, what's the word? Uh, returning citizens, in other words, you know, they they were recently incarcerated, and then you hear their story, they're like, I, unfortunately, I don't have a social security number, I don't have an ID, so they're kind of like in this stage where they're stuck, um, and that's a that's an entirely different conversation that we're trying to you know have in serving people with the mission, like how do we. How are we able to serve people who don't have the necessary identification documents to proceed in life because they're just stuck at that point where they can't interview for work, they can't apply to a job because they don't have basic documentation to prove their identity. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. learning from their experiences, they're like, yeah, you know, I recently was out of jail and, you know, I came out of Cook County or I, you know, I was living here in another state. And now I ended up in Chicago type of stuff. So it, it, it's definitely very, very impactful conversations. And, you know, it's. You know, it's, you know, it really keeps me uh, motivated to continue to do this work for sure. So, yeah. Absolutely. And Carlos, what is your vision for the short and long term of serving people with the mission? I agree with everything that Jock said. My hope uh, and just something that we're all working towards is to expand the program and help as many Chicago uh, youth that were able to and not only help them, but just connect with them and learn from them as well. There are so many things that we can gain from working with youth, uh, especially nowadays. They have all this knowledge and all this confidence, uh, but sometimes it's just untapped or it just remains hidden in a way. And we want to see them, we want to see the youth using that to do something good for themselves and for the communities that they are a part of. Um, I mean, the dream would be just to have this, the program be standalone and open for as many youth around the city. That's my hope mm -hmm. because it's not only people in Little Village, it's not only people in West Town or Chinatown or the North Side, it's all over the city. Uh, you just, we, we never know who might need that type of help and we want to be able to provide it for as many people as we can. Um, and then in terms of uh, the donations drive, I agree with Jack again, continue supporting, gaining more donors that are willing to provide resources, clothes, food, um, and also come out with us and support, uh, support during the, the drives as we go around the city, because it is very important to not just ignore it when you see it happen, but also make an effort to to get involved and figure out ways where you can actually support the people that are going through this. I mean, after speaking to so many of them, you just never know what might happen in your life that could lead you to that point. 
so understanding and really being able to connect that gives you a whole other perspective uh, when it comes to their situation. And mm. who knows, maybe in the future and the long term, the uh, years from now, maybe go to other parts of the country. Uh, we've spoken to other people that might be interested uh, across the states. Uh, I've spoken to some people that might be interested in Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> the, the, the opportunities are limitless. Uh, they're endless, and we know that SPM is going to be around for a very long time. Absolutely. And I mean, given both of you know your ages and you know the time that you've already put in, I think that there are so many potential paths that this could go. For our listeners, uh, what are some ways that they could get involved? Yes, um, we have our social media, so that's obviously the number one thing that they can uh, check out for them to learn to you know stay in touch it is our instagram which is a main social media svm underscore elites and then we have our website serving people with a mission.org um and if anything is interesting to them we oftentimes ask people to come into the program and do presentations for the students if you are compelled to talk to the youth and get involved with that we're happy to have you and do a presentation for the students about finance, about resume building, networking, mental health, anything that you're passionate about, uh, we'd love to have you and talk to our students. And then for the donations drive, you can find a, an interest form in, on our website if, you're, if you'd like to donate or if you'd like to come out with us and give the, the, the donations to the unsheltered. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that this is an incredible journey that you guys have already embarked on. I think the mission behind serving people with a mission is very pure. And I really hope that there is a lot of success in the future because I think our community really needs people to have that motivation to give back. So I want to thank you both for joining us. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago uh, podcast. Be sure to visit www.bridgingchicago.com to check out all of our episodes and find ways to connect with our guests. You can also visit us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And be sure to visit servingpeoplewithamission.org to learn more about serving people with a mission. Carlos, Jock, thank you again so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago, as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.